It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Gut Check Project with your host, Dr. Ken Brown. I'm Eric Rieger, where we all check our egos at the door and nothing is off the table. Dr. Ken, what's happening? Man, we are on episode number 12. We are. Big dozen. It is a big dozen. So we thought we would take this time. This is like a recap episode. We're just going to cover a lot of stuff, just you and I. Yeah. And uh, really, really, really cool. I, this is super exciting. It's so fun. We called this episode Topic Talk uh, simply because next week we actually will be out of town. We're going to go to uh, IFM down in San Antonio. The Functional Medicine Society, correct. Yeah, we're going to be running the booth there. Atron Teal. They're in IFM in San Antonio. I love San Antonio. It's a great city. Absolutely. And it's kind of wild. So if you've never heard of IFM, we have tried for, this is our third year. It's so popular that even though we were asked by the IFM to go ahead and be a part of their show, we just, we, we couldn't sign up in time. They heavily vet everyone who's going to be a part of the show. They've wanted Autron Teal. And this year, now that they've moved venues to a larger one, Autron Teal was definitely invited. We're really, really excited to be there on behalf of Autron Teal. So uh, I'm looking forward to the show next week I down in that. San Antonio. I love meeting functional medicine doctors because they are open to just about anything. Talk about checking your ego at the door. They will at least listen to anything. And our prior episodes, episode number 12, we've covered a lot of things that could be considered a little bit atypical. You know, the photobiomodulation thing, the CBD talk that we're always doing, all that kind of stuff. Stem cells. Stem cells. That stuff is novel, and it's the functional medicine community that typically leads the way. And they start using it, and then we can start getting some data, and then we can start putting it into traditional medicine. Definitely. So today's today's show, we decided we would kind of reset. Uh, we've got a great contest to remind everybody about. We've got uh, some, uh, some viewer email that have suggested some incredible topics, but one of them in particular from, I believe it's, uh, I believe it's David, and uh, we're going to get to that in a moment. Uh, but to kind of reset, of course, to begin, speaking of Atron Teal, if you ever suffer from bloating or abdominal discomfort, get yourself your daily polyphenols with Atron Teal. Go to lovemytummy.com slash spoonie love my tummy.com slash spoonie why slash spoonie ken why do you think we'd say that because it makes everybody a winner when you put in the code spoonie you automatically get enrolled into our discount contest and you're 100 guaranteed to get a huge savings on this so s-p-o-o-n-y put in code spoonie definitely so love my tummy.com slash spoonie speaking of spoonie so the network continues to grow. The popularity continues to grow. I checked out Trey's Chowdown again just this last week. Man, I'm a terrible cook. Now, you know this. I ended up getting a a, a, a nice grill set. A big green egg. Yeah, yeah. big green egg. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst on the grill. But now I follow directions. I can actually well, make food that people will eat. <laughs> Not just the menagerie of animals. Yeah. In your- <laughs> Not just charred remains. And, uh, you know, a lot of seasoning, but no, it's, it's a lot of fun, but Trey's Chowdown has got great information. Check them out on the Spoonie Network. Spoonie.com has a full lineup of, cause I, I would read off the times, but 
I realized that there are a lot of people who catch the repeat. Mm-hmm. Go to Spoonie.com and you can see where all of the shows, but definitely Trey's Chowdown, where it finishes uh, and uh, where it re-airs throughout the week. Awesome. The um, you know one of the things I want to try with you oh, right, okay. just right now I just I, I realize that I think one of the things we should do is continue to grow intellectually. Okay, you know that I like to read the Daily Stoic every day, and I they always have quotes from scholars. Sure. So I'm going to read you a quote, and I want you to tell me which scholar said this. Okay. This sounds hard. Yes, it's going to be really difficult. Okay. I am probably in the sky flying with the fish, or maybe in the ocean swimming with the pigeons. See. My world is different. I'll give you a hint. Okay. He loves lasagna. Oh, is this, uh, this has got to be Lil Wayne. It's Lil Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) I should have known that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. He had a real G's moving silence like lasagna. I got you. Real G's moving silence like lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. That guy's deep on lyrics for sure. That's funny. So what'd you, uh, what'd you have going on this past weekend? Man, this past weekend was, uh, we're, I I feel like I say it on repeat, but we're, we're back into, uh, into basketball and you've said that a couple of times. I have said that a couple of times times, to be exact. (laughs) I know, no doubt. And, uh, but actually this last Sunday, because of basketball, the boys missed, uh, they missed their traditional celebration with, with mom. So Marie and the boys went and drove, uh, went and drove fast electric go-karts which we were introduced to by Carl Krumenacher out in uh, California. I think you may miss that one, but I wanted I to go one. with them. And yeah. they went to, uh, I think it's a racetrack called K1, and they have one now here in Dallas. And uh, man, it was great. They they loved it. Is Matt, the K1 the one that? So I did one when um, I was at I was giving a lecture at ACG, and I went to the Mario Andretti one. Uh-huh. And it's uh, it's basically a track that has like turns and it'll be dips ups and down it's not just a straight flat one was this one that it's definitely not flat but i don't think that it has any bridge volley or anything else like that i think it's all uh routine s curve but it's but it it's definitely technical and uh, of course uh the boys and marie came back and they said number one is great number two they were surprised that the max speed limit was 45 and max said me and my youngest he said that's uh it's a little scary. A little scary, Dad. Didn't know if I really wanted to be out there. That's actually legit. When you're going around those tight turns like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, uh, great Mother's Day. You know, not typical, but uh, Marie's not typical. She likes to do uh, do things that are adventurous. So, that was uh, that was definitely fun for them. Speaking of carts, do you remember when um, our good friend uh, Russ Havronic, Dr. Havronic, out of San Antonio, which we're going to be seeing next week. Sure. He called into the show when we were talking about... Uh, Lou Gehrig's disease and you know the effect his dad dying of that right he one of his good friends their son was a go-karter like all as a child became really good went on the circuit and now like races for Porsche no way yeah and he's like 18 or something now yeah cool goodness so, gracious yeah, so tell Mac to stick with it's what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> it just seems it seems so hard and I, I you know that's a it's a career pathway that I'm completely ignorant to I don't know how they how they get to that point where where someone says, you know what, I want you to drive for my team, even though I'm pouring millions of dollars into this car and for a crew and equipment, et cetera. That just seems, it seems wild. Well, but- it's nuts. I mean, like, okay, you look at, um, you wonder how people end up in certain sports. Yeah. I mean, like, for instance, Tim Duncan was, so, well, he was going to be a swimmer. Yeah. And, you know, if Michael Phelps didn't jump into a pool, what would he be doing? In certain countries... They uh, certainly communist countries were back in the day when they would find their Olympic athletes. They would like look 
and be like, you, you're going to be a power lifter based on X, Y, and Z. You, you're going to do this. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little um, bit different. You know what Tim Duncan is doing now? No. I believe that he has been training as an MMA fighter post-NBA career. No way. I Yeah, I'm certain I read that somewhere. But yeah, that's that's what he spends his time doing is it's MMA training, etc. I mean, so from awesome swimmer, if I remember correctly the story about Tim Duncan, I don't think that he... I don't think that he uh, really played competitive basketball until it was a very late teen and then went on to he, in junior high, he didn't play. And then he didn't start playing until like his junior, senior year in high school, maybe. I knew it at one time. I don't remember the whole story behind that because I was, we lived in San Antonio. I saw San Antonio when they had the David Robinson and Tim Duncan team, and they were just an incredible team to watch. So focused individual for sure. Oh, you know what? I did not tell you. Crazy story. So you knew I was in San Antonio two weeks ago. I was down uh-huh. there with the family. Yeah. Okay. I got to tell you a funny story. So with a family and we use Uber and Lyft whenever we go on vacation, it just, it just takes away the anxiety of having to wonder where you're going to go. And even though you may be familiar with it, with a town, it's just, it's just easier. Everybody can hop in and you enjoy your conversation. You know, you go out to eat, you hop into an Uber or Lyft or something, some kind of ride share, something like that. Well, after one of the games, we all hop into, um, uh, one of these ride shares and we're going back to our hotel, which is down in downtown San Antonio, which is going through a, a great renovation of, of regentrification. And they're, they're doing a lot to clean it up. I mean, there's cities do that. They ebb and flow. And San Antonio is kind of on the uptick right now. So it, it's starting to really kind of come together. But we stayed at this new hotel that just opened, I think, months ago. And we're making our way down the road. And the traffic jam begins to kind of narrow down because it's bottlenecking because there's construction. Mm-hmm. And we see, you know, vacationers, tourists, like they normally what, are. What part of town are you guys in? Oh, we're in downtown. We're oh, okay. probably... Like, like Riverwalk area? Area. Not okay. all, uh, probably like two blocks away from the Riverwalk itself, where, where we are in the car. Mm-hmm. But you can see tourists making their way to the Riverwalk area. And I believe our hotel backed up to it. So we're about two and a half, three blocks away from where our hotel is. Hotel's nice. Really, really nice. Well, um, so on one side, you see tourists making their way and on the other mm-hmm. side you see where the the economic development hasn't quite started but it looks like they're getting some preparations for it they're redoing the road and there's just a group of just random folks right so, okay and uh one gentleman grabbed my attention because he stood out and he's wearing on the tour side or on the not on the tour side okay he looked like he knew where he was but not everyone else really knew if he knew where he was oh <laughs> and um he had a tie-dye shirt on, and it was, it was kind of dirty and, and, and tatted, and it, it happens up, or tattered, not tatted, but uh, tattered, and uh, he had on some camo shorts and lots of keys. I mean, just like he, he could probably open up most of the doors in San Antonio. Just <laughs> Like on a chain? Just, like this is... It, a big ring, and it, they, they looked very noisy. I couldn't tell if it, was a, if it was an alert bell that he made for himself, or he really had access to lots and lots of places. But uh, So he had this gigantic ring of keys and he's kind of looking it sounds like the key master from the matrix <laughs> or or ghostbusters either way it doesn't really matter and, and at this point he's he's kind of looking either way and we're stopped in traffic there's a bottleneck there's a red light and uh he's kind of looking closely at cars and then kind of checking them out and, I, and i'm still not thinking too much of it but i, I just notice him Right? Is he like holding keys up to him, going, "I think this one will work." I put my name in there. Yeah. No, it it, it was <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. But then suddenly he just decides to make his way, and there's just these two trash cans, 
and there's a black one and there's a blue one, but they're, they're identical in, in shape and whatnot, but it's the big metal ones that kind of bow up They're They're meant to be on the sidewalk, easy for passage and you throw garbage in it. Well, he walks past the black one in with intent and then dips his head down into the blue one, which was the second one with complete intent. And he's only in there for half a second because he reaches in and he grabs something right away. So he, it appears to me he knows this is in there. And as he brings it up, he's holding a handle and he's basically shaking off what looks like trash can juice or trash can juice. Well, I know that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really, really rare fruit that you can find. But in, in most urban settings, you'll find this, this trash can fruit and you, and you can, this you can is, squeeze the juice. Yes. You can always squeeze the juice out of the trash can. <laughs> or as later, my, my, my family just said that I think that's just blood because what it was, was a, oh, no. was a, uh, a hammer that was about 18 inches long. And then he picks it up and looks at it, turns it from side to side, glances at all of the cars and then sets the hammer down and then put his hands on his hips. And I'm all right, so let me so let me get this picture right. So the key master of San Antonio, yes, nothing's happening with the trash cans. He's standing there, and then all of a sudden he just bypasses and realizes that he remembered where he left that hammer. He did. I guess he was marinating it. I'm not really sure what was going on, but it was it was really interesting because then I found myself feeling like a fish in a fishbowl. I don't. What do we hop out? I don't know what we do. And why is he looking at our car? Why is he looking at the other cars? What's he going to do with those keys? Why has he got a hammer? How do you know it was in there? What's that juice? Or is it blood? <laughs> so anyway, I just I found myself wondering what puts someone in that situation. But he had, he had no conversation with anyone around him. There's probably five to ten people walking and passing by. And then as he's just kind of zoning out, scanning vehicles, watching them bottleneck, he just decided, well, it's time. I'm going to go ahead and pull this hammer out. And he didn't go and do anything with it. He just stared at cars after he set it down and then kept staring at the hammer and then staring at cars. And then finally we moved. How long were you guys in traffic? I feel like <laughs> I know, right? So this bottleneck was serious. And, and it, it, we had gone from two lanes down to one. But then finally the light turned green and slowly we made our way. And I've. I was happy. I didn't seem to pick it back I'm up. I'm fully expecting Russ to call in again and be like, oh, <laughs> I know him. That's Mike. Yes, we all know Mike. <laughs> that's Hammer and Mike. <laughs> that's Hammer and Mike. <laughs> He's got keys to everything. <laughs> so if you're in San Antonio and you know Hammering Mike, uh, you know, give us a little backstory here because we're just going to fill it in. That or just maybe he's looking for a sack of nails. I don't know. He's looking for something. He's give him, give him a door to open, give him some construction projects to do. He's ready. He's, he's ready to build. Really quick, yeah. it's funny that you brought up the Uber Lyft thing because on the news this morning, they were talking about, you know how certain industries just disrupt everything? Well, we know that Uber oh, yeah. and Lyft completely disrupted the whole transportation thing. Sure. Taxis, whatever, everything. Well, because of the app, Uber and Lyft drivers um, now in certain airports, they'll do this in certain places. Mm -hmm. This whole article came out about how at the... Um, Washington Airport, I think it was the Reagan Airport in Washington, Uber and Lyft drivers would get together and they would all turn off their apps for two minutes. And what that would do is in the algorithm of Uber and Lyft, okay. it would show that there is a lack of drivers in that area and increase the fare. Yeah. So they were genius. They would all do it together at the same time. So that they could increase their fares. You know how it says, oh, fare increase, high volume time. It's not really high volume time. It's that you have a lack of drivers. Right. 
And so they all get together. It's technically illegal in the Uber and Lyft driver handbook, handshake, whatever it is that they sure. do. But there have been other things that have happened in Uber and Lyfts. That Would that be considered price fixing? I'm curious. 100% it's considered price fixing but i mean but, it, would it be on the action of the uh of the drivers for doing it? i'm just curious because they're actually not the ones putting in the algorithm for the fare increase it's technically uber and lyft or any of the others who are doing that they they're calculating it by their scarcity so these drivers are just i mean they're they're free to turn their phones on and off yeah they're actually saying that what they'll do and that, here's here's the quote every night several times a night uber and lyft drivers at reagan national airport simultaneously turn off their rideshare apps for a minute or two to trick the app into thinking that there are no drivers available creating a price surge when the fare gets high enough they all agree it's time and they turn it back on that is so, so they probably are just sitting there searching to see what the cost is everybody's sitting there waiting and it's like hold Oh, <laughs> go a little bit of Braveheart. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Now, that's really interesting. But I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if that's that's the access, that's it's the loophole, right? That's what everyone does. They find loopholes. They find it's the path of least resistance. They're they're out there to make money. I mean, that's some of them. That's that's their job. Oh, that's just. But it drives me nuts because. I mean, you know, I've been to like conventions, yeah. like the like uh, Natural Expo West, sure. When thousands of people suddenly walk out of a building and it's a massive conference, and you order that Uber and you're like, the fare just quadrupled. Oh yeah, it just I mean, it's nuts. Well, you've been to, you've been to Lubbock, and uh, so I've gone out there to either a sporting. I event. met the one Uber driver in Lubbock, by the way. The one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I've been out there for for game day. You know, to a tech football game or even basketball. And when it's not, and you want to take an Uber, you can go from one side of town to the other. It's very easy drive. People drive friendly out there. It's super, super easy. It's never congested. You can make it from one side to the other in about 10 minutes, no matter where you are. Fare may be $10 at most. But on a game day, you can easily see it going just from being at the campus, which is around the 4th to 19th area, and then head over to 50th, you may see the fare as much as 35 bucks just to go. And you're going to meet people for, for dinner or whatever after a game. But yeah, that's, I, I mean, I always wondered that because it's not, it's still not that hard to hail the Uber. Why the fare increases? Is it simply just because you can? Or because that's really what it is. Well, I think that, the, I think it all comes down to that. I think it's the algorithm. Sure. That if basically there's a, a need or the drivers are being used up, the fare will increase. I think it's to incentivize other drivers that are on break or whatever to turn get it out. on. Yeah. yeah. To get out and do that. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I've never, I've never done Uber. I've, you know, I've actually had friends who've been in between jobs and it's been, it's been great for them to be able to supplement income. He's brought being, some, I don't know. Do, do Uber drivers or Lyft drivers get like an, an alert that uh, fares are increasing? You may want to turn your, your cab light on. Oh, very much like um, John Wick with the assassins when the price went up to kill him. <laughs> yeah. They all, they, they all got the alert. <laughs> it's time. It's time. It's time to go back in business. And I'm going <laughs> to hop in my car and do that. So what uh, what all is happening in the Brown household at the moment? Well, we got. Uh, I'm kind of proud of Lucas. Tonight, he is being inducted into the National Honor Society. Ooh, that is nice. This is interesting. Right over here in Colleyville, which means I don't have to go too far. I'm going to hang out here and just work here in this lovely Fort Worth area. 
No joke. Yeah. You got so a right five minute drive. I got man. a five minute drive. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice for you. Lloyd is complaining that it's at five o'clock in, in Colleyville, and I'm like, I'll meet you there. <laughs> it's so proud of the little guy doing that. So. Absolutely. And then uh, and, uh, Carla, she's uh, she's been she's been named. She's been named to a list. Man, so. Uh, the school, this is public school. The school that Carla goes to has some really smart kids in it. And yeah. I'm very proud of Carla. She got all A's. So she got this presidential award. Right. And they gave all these other awards. And this is, it, the school goes up to the eighth grade. And one of the awards that they gave was the, um, when Duke invites kids to take the SAT. The TIPS? Duke TIPS or something yeah, like that? No, but it's the real SAT. They right. take it and they're put in the same pool as all the other high schoolers. They had, at this school, seventh and eighth graders, they had like 12 of them score over the 95th percentile. 95th percentile compared to high school seniors. U.S.-wide, probably. U.S.-wide. Wow. Yeah, that's why I was so proud of, of my daughter for getting straight A's in a school that is academically extremely competitive. Wow. Well, that's, that's hey, just out of curiosity, so uh, your, and your oldest, Lucas, he's been doing homeschool now for this last year so that he could do the touring that he needs to do for tennis. How's that? How's that working out for him? It's working out. That's why we're doing this over here. It's actually considered great by public school, but mm -hmm. he does everything online right. and it's just because of his schedule. It's just one of those things. You can't miss as much school as he does. And so great. Mountain college you know, is actually pretty well known throughout Texas for their curriculum. So that's really interesting. They seem really innovative and kind of on top of it. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's, you know, so far it's worked really well and he's, you know, liking it and natural honor society and the usual stuff. So I think next year when he goes to high school, he's going to try and integrate himself a little bit with some of the extracurricular type stuff. Well, there's something that, well, and, and that makes sense though. So he could be, he would be involved kind of in the club activities with people, his own peers and have some more social interaction, but it's not like he didn't have any this last year. He's got tons. I mean, I hear you bring up the same names over and over again that, his uh, tennis cohorts that he sees on the road, whether it be from the West Coast or down to Florida, mm -hmm. he just sees them. So that's kind of his colleagues at it's, the moment. It's pretty much the colleagues. I mean, everybody, you know, it's the same way with basketball. I mean, you guys, you guys run in these different circles and, sure. you know, you just end up becoming friends with the parents. You become friends, you know, the boys make different friends at different ages. You know, it's, it's the beauty of life. Just kind of getting yourself exposed, getting out there a little bit. Um, speaking of exposed, your boys are, no, I shouldn't say speaking of exposed, your boys, <laughs> that's, that's a horrible That's all leader. they do, yeah. Horrible. I was just going to say your pants up. that I had a great time seeing your family at Generosity Feeds. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Oh man, Ron Kablundi. Uh, wow. Huge contact that we met out at uh, Baby Bathwater. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, big shout out to Hollis and Lovich for knowing exactly who to, who to include in that group. So, you know, for the listeners, Dr. Brown here is, he doesn't say it himself, but he's one of the most altruistic people without ever saying it. And basically we took the company that we're starting here where we have this. I CBD. don't have to say it because I have it tattooed on my lower back. I'm <laughs> altruistic. <laughs> but uh, for the CBD and the research and Autron Teal, we always want to find the best avenues to give back to the public. And sometimes we, we let everyone know when we do it. Sometimes we don't, but this last week, it was really cool. We get to talk about it a little bit because they took a lot of pictures and it was generosity feeds and Ron Cablundi with mod pizza. They go to a lot of different urban areas. I think almost every weekend and they recruit people to come in and pack meals. And this last, was it Saturday? It was Saturday, Saturday. Yeah. We, mm -hmm. we packed 11,000 meals for needy children in 44 minutes, 44 minutes in the DFW area. What something I did not know is that one in five kids, the only food that they get 
is actually at school in certain in certain urban areas it's because of the the lunch program that's the only meal that they get so they they may go the whole weekend without food that's what this is for it's to stick food in their backpacks so that they can eat that was a really cool thing and actually what i was even also equally impressed with was the quality of the ingredients they were pulling out to make those soups that were on the go that it wasn't just beans and it wasn't just beef it was high quality beef broth mix etc they they want to feed the kids a nutritious meal when they're not just saying oh hey look we gave them some rice they're, they're complex carbs complex yeah you have the protein you've got uh, the 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 roux base with a little bit of fat that's awesome was. i totally agree and packing that that was um you know doing doing charity like that once in a while just reminds you that there there are people out there that are quiet but they may not be getting the you know the, the basic needs of life yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Ron, thank you so much for the invitation. And of course, he's he's been a great template on showing us what we can do to engage in more charity and giving back with the companies. And uh, we we plan to take a full opportunity to do so. That was a quick half hour. Next half oh hour, goodness. we're going to we get in, already. Already, we're going to get into a research topic in the next half hour. We got to talk about the dangers of selfies. Uh-oh. Some really interesting statistics there, <laughs> and. Um, what's going on with IQ in developed countries now developing see you here in a little bit Gut Check Project episode 12 Why have thousands of aspiring authors teamed up with Christian Faith Publishing to publish their book? Because Christian Faith Publishing is an author-friendly publisher who understands that your labor is more than just a book. We provide authors freedom and flexibility throughout the publishing process, professional book editing, award-winning design, and some of the highest royalty structures in the publishing industry. And as always, you will retain 100% of the rights to your book. I was looking to find a company that I could trust, one that assisted in the editing process completely. The most important qualities that I was looking for was a publisher who is honest and upfront. No hidden costs or fees and owning the rights to my own work. Christian Faith Publishing will publish, market, and sell your books in all major bookstores, online booksellers, as well as specialty Christian bookstores. Call for your free author submission kit. 800-978-4812-800-978-4812-800-978-4812. That's 800-978-4812. Dr. Ken Brown here, host of Gut Check Project with my co-host, Eric Rieger. I've seen in my practice that Atron is a whole lot more than just a bloating product. Yes, it does a whole lot more than just fix bloating because of the polyphenols that you find in Atron What are some of the things that these polyphenols do, Eric? These polyphenols can help you have more energy and polyphenols are great for athletes. It sounds like it's going to help a whole lot more people than just bloating. Go to lovemytummy.com slash spoonie. Take the pain out of ordering your diabetic testing supplies with Diathrive. Diathrive ships the testing supplies you need directly to you when you need them. Best of all, with plans starting as low as $8 a month, Diathrive is probably going to cost you less than what you're paying today. Diathrive is so convinced that you'll love their service, they're offering your first month of supplies free. Simply type the code DOC, D-O-C, at checkout. Diathrive.com. That's D-I-A, Thrive.com. Okay, we're back. It is now time for the second half hour of episode 12, Gut Check Project. You just reminded me during break, I completely forgot to hit on something that was important. And I even said I was going to do it at the top of the last half hour and forgot. 
So, what was that? <gasps> the contest. contest. I know. I don't know why I forget. Probably because I'm not training radio. But anyway, <laughs> so gut check. We do a lot of things that we're not trained in. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely do. So gut check project. We want to reward the listeners, and we've already had people who have uh, responded. Definitely appreciate it. Everyone so far has sent me examples of doing this through iTunes, and that's great. So keep that up. But essentially, the contest to win a free month supply of Autron Teal and a free KBMD CBD flavor of your choice, whether it be natural or cinnamon, you simply have to go to you, uh, YouTube or iTunes or really both and then subscribe, take a screenshot, send me an email, which all you have to do is go to gutcheckproject.com, go to connect. You'll see on there you can select the message that says, I subscribe. And it sends us a message. It, uh, in July, we will draw a winner. We have five winners. That's a value of how much? How much is it, Dr. Ken? Uh, of, for all of that? Yeah. Oh, that's well over 100 bucks right there. It's well over 100 bucks. So it's a free 100 bucks, and you don't even have to pay shipping. We will get it to you. So simply go to iTunes, search for Gut Check Project, subscribe, share, tell your friends about it so that they can enter it also. Or enter for them. Either way, however you wish to do it. And then take a screenshot, shoot me an email. Whenever we contact you, when you win, you just simply have to show us your screenshots and you get it. And then do the same thing at YouTube and you can enter again. So awesome. Easy there. We're all we're already giving back and it's not even our charity. So if you want to guarantee that you're going to win a contest, what's an easy way to do that? Guarantee that you're gonna win? Guarantee. Well, if you want to be guaranteed to win, you just go to lovemytummy.com slash Spoonie. Everyone's a winner at that location. Everyone's a winner at that location. Put in code Spoonie and you're going to win a huge discount yeah, right there. You're going to save money right there. You're holding your phone. What are you looking at? Well, I'm laughing because remember, okay, at the top of the hour, I said, I want to be more intellectual with you. Which scholar said, um, I'm probably in the sky flying with the fish or maybe in the ocean swimming with the pigeons. Sure. See, my world is different. And I gave you a hint mm-hmm. that I said it has something to do with lasagna. Well, my wife, Lloyd, just texted me and she said, huh, with that, I thought it was Garfield because he loves lasagna. <laughs> he and I was like, oh, the scholar Garfield. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yes. well, actually, you're probably on equal footing just in two different ways. Garfield had lots of cool things to say. He did have a lot of cool things to say. That was a lazy cat. <laughs> it really was. I mean, think about that. That's, that is a, a, a really, really lazy cat that made its own cartoon. You know? Being that lazy is pretty successful as far as cats go. Well, you're not you're not lazy. I know that you have a research topic that you want to get to. I do want to get to that, but first I want to. There's some cool stuff that's happened in the news recently. Okay. Um, I was forwarded an email mm-hmm. that House Bill three seven zero three in Austin patients will now be able to have access to the state's medical marijuana program if they have been diagnosed with medical seizures multiple sclerosis, terminal cancer, incurable Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Huntington's, autism, and Lou Gehrig's disease. And we've, we often talk about Alzheimer's, Lou Gehrig's disease, and autism. We talk about that a lot. So this, is, um, this bill uh, did pass in Austin uh, yesterday, I think, is when it passed. It was pretty one thing that people are a little upset about is that they did not uh, allow PTSD, which is obviously very, very, very common, but... PTSD, no. That is interesting. Do you think that uh, 
Well, number one, the exclusion of it, it just, and it, this isn't unique to the medical field either. Legislators are elected to make these decisions. Don't you think it's kind of strange, though, that probably there's a lack of expert opinion in helping shape things that apply to someone who would have the knowledge to do that? You've got an elected person who has any idea what their background is, and essentially they are the ones determining what the best science is to make a decision for who's going to have access to something? So I had a patient that um, is a patent attorney, and there's some patent laws that Uh are changing, and he got together with a bunch of other patent attorneys and other offices, and they got hold of a senator, and to, I think, I'm going to get this wrong, but basically to have a lunch with him to explain why the bill that's presented is not a good one, and it will lead to patent issues. You know, everybody has a, you know, they they hide stuff in there. Um, It costs like $50,000 to have lunch with him. Oh, my. To educate. To go to... Okay. Yeah, but I mean, what does the money go to? It goes to the campaign, or it goes to whatever. But the whole point is, is who gets to the person that makes the vote? Just doesn't make sense. It's it's tough, and you know the whole PTSD thing. That's what my um, actual article is on. Um, But it's it's pretty thick and it's pretty cool, and we're going to get into that. But there's a reason why I really do think that we need other treatments for these diseases that right now in the medical field we don't have good treatment for. And people are self-medicating all over the place. I want to tell you a quick story before you get to that research, because it just reminded me, and I did not share this with you this last week, but you know that I do eye blocks for another friend of mine, Mm -hmm. uh, ophthalmologist, uh, Dr. Rogers Eckhart, fantastic ophthalmologist, by the way, up in Denton. So uh, we had a patient who came in, uh, older gentleman, served Vietnam, served his country proudly. Um, He's basically been relegated to the VA for his health care. He's got chronic pain chronic pain issues, um, this particular uh, patient did. And he came in with some bad pain, so he couldn't get it under control. And the person overseeing his care at the VA has determined now that he will not refill the um, uh, OxyContin or whatever he was on. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Or hyd- No, I'm sorry, it was hydrocodone. The hydrocodone that he was currently on, he's not getting anymore because they felt like that it, <clears throat> it kept increasing and he basically was getting diminishing returns, so they just they're stopping it for a while. Well, basically, what that did is it it allowed his blood pressure to increase too high to where we couldn't do the procedure. So this poor man, who's relying on the VA, et cetera, he begins to pour his heart out to me. He says, "I've gone to the VA. I tell them I'm in pain, and they're telling me that all I'm trying to do is raise the dose. I have no interest in quote unquote being high or anything else like that." And then he went on to tell me something that just kind of shattered shattered me when I hear you talk about the marijuana law, and it's great that they're opening up access, but he went on to tell me that three and a half years ago, he had gone out of state to Colorado with his family and was able to obtain marijuana legally in Colorado, and that his pain threat or his, his uh, pain for, or threshold, I guess technically in his in his description kind of went up. The threshold went up and the pain went down and he had great comfort. He was able to sleep for the first time and was oh. able to go to the bathroom without issues. And so when I hear that and then he returns here, he said he was then warned by the VA when he began to talk to his doctor about it, that if he were to test positive, he may be kicked out of the availability to get his hydrocodone here while he's still in Texas. It just... What what kind of service are we allowing these people to get? This poor man now he couldn't get his 
We couldn't do his cataract. So, I mean, if you stop and think about that, this is the problem. When I went to medical school, we were told um, you can, you have to, you know, one of the five things that you have to make sure that you take care of, it's a vital sign. Pain is now a vital sign. Right. What is your pain level? If you're, if you have somebody who's in pain, you are obligated to treat that pain. And we were told that don't worry, you can give people uh, Vicodin, all this other stuff, because as long as they have real pain, there will be no addiction issues. That is not true. Not true at all. We learned that one. Like right now, we're still learning it. That's why I was so excited to see that Denver um, at least decriminalized the use of psilocybin. Yeah. Because there are trials going on right now. Psilocybin is extremely effective in uh, PTSD. And you and I had a long talk with Dennis McKenna. Right. And psilocybin is the actual molecule that's in mushrooms that people describe as mushrooms, the hallucinogenic mushroom. But that psilocybin really does some interesting neurologic stuff. I mean, somebody who's a huge proponent of that is Joe Rogan. Right. I was listening to, um, I don't remember which one it was. Um, Joe Rogan was on and they, they got to talking about doing uh, psilocybin in various doses and uh-huh. how microdosing is actually something that um, a lot of people are doing, a lot of very successful CEOs are doing. Oh, it was with Jorge Masvidal. Oh, yeah. Who's an MMA fighter, a Cuban MMA fighter. They were talking about that, where Jorge uh, did some bro science and took a little too much mushrooms and went skiing. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a pretty funny episode. But anyways, getting back to this, we we create this problem, and then what we're going to do is we're just going to say, no, I'm not going to give you anymore, because we know that, like, Almost everything else that you take, caffeine included, I can have six, seven cups of coffee and I'm perfectly fine because I drink a lot of coffee. My receptors downregulate the response to it, which that's going to happen with opioids. It's going to happen with everything. And when somebody needs more to achieve the same pain level, it's not necessary that, uh, that they're seeking more for the addiction property. You literally we'll start having pain at the same dose and right. you have to keep going up. And then when we withdraw, people get into, um, you know, they go through withdrawal. It's a legitimate addiction. You go it's through brutal. withdrawal and then their body goes through some compensatory mechanisms that basically just like this gentleman was experienced was high blood pressure. And now we can't, his vision now suffers. His quality of life is going down because he's in chronic pain. He's having to be wheeled around by his daughter. It's And she's in tears, as we're saying. It's just not safe to do your eye right now. We wanted, I wanted so badly to do it, but high pressure, high ocular pressure mm-hmm. from blood pressure can lead to a rupture, and then, and then he would just lose vision in his eye altogether. So, unfortunately, we had to just reschedule him. High blood pressure due to withdrawal symptoms, um, there's going to be an anxiety component to it. There's going to be a pain component to it. And when you say that you can't sleep, sleep is the most important medicine. The one thing, if I can get one thing for all my patients to do, get a good night's sleep. Because so much stuff goes on that heals your body, that makes you better while you can sleep. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so adamant that when we launch this health box, the DHAT health box, we want to make sure that people can heal their brains get some sleep. They're going to have more energy. All of it works together if we can get people feeling better. Definitely. And you're about to touch on uh, PTSD. Before we get to that here, just one second, one more thing on the veterans. Here's what I think some people forget. Whenever the federal government prevents us from doing research on a particular substance, it's just, that means there is no innovation that's really legally allowed to be had. So keep in mind that most of the movement for us to move forward to have evidence-based practice or protocols, I should say, 
using medical marijuana and helping uh, states like Colorado and California kind of set us on this trackway where we can start looking at THC and other substances came from Israel because we prevented it from happening here. But they were specifically interested in taking care of people that serve in their military, which is everyone has to do two years over there. We should be taking better care of our veterans here. They have sacrificed their time and for the most part, several years of earning power to simply serve their country. And it just doesn't make sense that when it comes time to take care of them in, in, a, in a situation where they're in direct need, and we've essentially used them as a country to serve us, why do we turn them away? It just doesn't make sense that, we, that that's, that's the system that they have to exist in. We were talking, there's um, a friend of mine named Rich Hagedorn out of, uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm from. They, he's part of a founding member of Soldier Valley Spirits. Oh, yeah. Where it's, they actually give proceeds to veterans. So they've got their own, um, they're making different whiskeys, winning awards, doing that kind of stuff. And they give a certain percentage all the time to our veterans, which is cool. And it's only veterans that work there. So it's super cool. Oh, we should have him on. Yeah, I know. He's a really, really, really funny guy. Super high energy. Two quick things on the opioid thing. Okay. Did you see on the news yesterday that a small study came out of New York, Northeast? I can't remember. It's not, uh, I think it was Mount Sinai. Uh-huh. I think it came out of Mount Sinai where they took a small number of people that were heroin addicts. Okay. And they actually um, gave them marijuana. Okay. CBD. CBD, uh-huh. no THC. I haven't read the article. I just saw it in the news. I went, uh-huh. I need to get that article. And they, it really helped with opioid addiction. So we got that question brought up on one of the shows about does, does CBD, and you know, you always be careful about um, making claims, but when a study comes out, you could say, I'm not making a claim. I'm referring to the study. The study showed that they were able to get some of these uh, opioid heroin addicted people off of heroin using CBD. No, I did not see it, but it does sound like an incredibly, I mean, that's just gonna have to be another topic for a show that we follow up with because I, I don't know, but it sounds incredible. And just think four years ago, that kind of research wouldn't exist. Certainly not stateside. So, no, in fact, on the news, they're actually talking that most of the research is coming out of Israel or Canada now, now since Canada's getting into it a little bit, they're actually looking at it. What was the name of the person that emailed you about um, have you ever heard of narcotic bowel syndrome? That was uh, David, uh, David H. I don't want to say your last name. I don't know if that's what something that you gave me permission to do, but uh, David. And what he did is he specifically brought something to our attention. Uh, David, thank you. This was an awesome email. Basically saying that articles date back to 1987. And then several of them, uh, the NIH has posted two articles on it. And then uh, in 2007, they were even revised them in 2017. And it's a condition called NBS or narcotic bowel syndrome, just like uh, Dr. Brown said. I mean, there's a there's there's actually a lot of legitimate research back behind it. And his his claim here is a lot of physicians and pharmacists are completely unaware of it even being a problem. But I mean, you you being a GI, maybe you didn't know it by this moniker, but you've kind of seen this symptom occur. I have. I've had a couple patients. And it, you're almost chasing, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it chasing the dragon because this is fascinating. You can be taking opioids for, let's say, back pain. You get in a motor vehicle accident, you've got this chronic back pain, you're on opioids, and a very weird thing can happen. This narcotic bowel syndrome, actually, when you're on opioids, it can actually change the motility of the intestines, 
And we know that when you change the motility, you can allow bacteria to grow, which means you're going to have more gas produced. And it actually causes something called hyperalgesia. So your visceral sensitivity goes up in a paradoxical way. So I'm going to say this again. You take opioids for back pain, but your gut actually ignores the opioids and hurts worse. Yep. So I've had people on opioids and they look like they're pain seekers because they're like, my belly really hurts. And you realize we got to get you off these opioids. And that's what I've done with about four patients. The whole point was to try and get them off. It's called in, in the medical terms, it's called opioid induced hyperalgesia. So it's a characterized by paradoxical response. People that are getting opioids suddenly now, what's interesting is that does it just happen in the gut? We have a term for it there. Is it possible it's happening other places in your body where it's like, oh, now this hurts? Well, are we lowering the pain threshold in other places? Well, what happens, what happens acutely in the, in the hospital, of course, when people have too many opioids, one of the first things they complain about in it, it almost always starts with the nose, but it can spread out to the body. That's the itching. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> you and I have had this conversation before. Many times the first thing that's prescribed to them is Benadryl. And unfortunately, it's not a histamine-mediated itching response at all. That will do nothing. You need to use, unfortunately, to offset the opioid drug, you have to get an opioid mix uh, agonist-antagonist, to like a, like a Nubane or something like that, to make the itching stop because the Benadryl simply will just stop histamine, makes them tired, so now they're just falling asleep itchy, and you're not really doing anything. Unfortunately, it can take someone to another state where – since the opioids suppress respiratory drive, Ooh, not yeah. being awake actually will drive down your respiratory rate as well. That's a natural response so that you get rest. So it's it's just a bad combination all the way around, When especially when in today's day and age, mostly outside of anesthesia-trained people, the first thing people reach for is not... An, an opioid agonist antagonist to, to handle that. When you and I had that conversation, first thing I thought of, I was an intern in San Antonio, uh-huh. about 2 a.m., get called by a nurse. We gave this patient his pain medicines, and now he's itching everywhere. Oh, 25 of Benadryl. What, sure. do, you guys, what do you guys normally do? Because you're an intern. I, I learned something early on, and this is advice to anybody that's doing a career. When you find somebody that's been doing it a lot longer than you, no matter what their title is, listen, listen. to them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've always, so we had to rotate with the military. In the military, you know, if you go in as a doctor, you automatically go in as a captain. So you're an officer. Right. But you, you do whatever that master sergeant says. Period. Yeah. Because he knows what's <laughs> going on. It. So I made my life real easy. But when I was at the VA in the ICU, I would just, I would defer to the nurses that were there for 30 years. Be like, you teach me. Looks like you've been doing this a little longer. I've been here a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but it, you're you're exactly right. I mean, we 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 did that when I was coming uh, through uh, through anesthesia training. I can remember you would have uh, uh, some fantastic scrub techs who've done lots more hearts than I had at the time, and they were they were great on the setup. You know, here, give me one. Of them. You just listen to them because they help you, <laughs> and but it makes sense. So when I first came into practice. Um, I was doing a lot of I was doing a lot of ERCPs uh-huh. at, at Medical City Plano. Can you explain what ERCP is? Yes, it's where it's it's called an endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography. Big scope through the through the through big the mouth. scope that you just go down like an endoscope and you go up into the um, liver and into the pancreas. Thank goodness, um, it was it was fun at that time. It was Doctor my partner Doctor Goldschmidt, and now we have Doctor Ackerman who are both uh, experts in it. And so as it turns out, it's a skill. Yeah. that the more you do, the better you get. 
But it was pretty funny because uh, the ERCP team that was there, mm-hmm. you know, I'm you're, you're new and you're trying to act like you know what you're doing. And you're like, you know, give me the <laughs> give me the jag, whatever. And something else is putting your hand. I need some I'm towels like, and hot water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, always trusting this nurse, Henny, who's been there forever. And, um, you know, he would hand me the stuff. And um, he's hilarious. Um, he's from the Philippines. It's got a real calm nature. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you get into the you you get into the bile duct and you cut so that you can pull stones out and do stuff like that. Sure. And you know, this is a, I no longer do ERCPs because we've got better experts doing it. But I'm doing it and I'm making this cut and I look over at Henny and I'm like, That's that's good, right? And he goes, I think you need a little bit more. And I went, beep, and then just red, blood everywhere. And he goes, That was too much. <laughs> <laughs> then I spend the next hour trying to stop the bleeding. I'm just it's stories like that where I'm like, oh yeah, forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, ex- the experts are there for a reason, and people do specialize, and thankfully they do. Do you have enough time to uh, tackle this? Uh, well, I just want to bring up another interesting news story since Uh-oh. we're well, we're kind of all over the map here. But um, a story just came out today: a woman from uh, Greensville, South Carolina, is suing Burger King. Because she claims that she was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome after suffering symptoms since eating improperly cooked food at the restaurant. Uh, She's asking for $350,000 for medical expenses, missed work, medication, gas mileage, as well as public embarrassment, excessive weight loss, and additional damages. Wow. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different things to think of there. I mean, obviously probably most fast food and i don't want to name burger king specifically but probably most fast food is not the best kind of food to eat but i think most of us should know that i don't know i mean what do you think well what i think is really interesting to me is that we know that 20 percent of people that have a gastroenteritis no matter what the cause is right may not have been burger king maybe it was whatever no matter what the cause 20 percent of them will actually develop a dysmotility, meaning your intestines will not move very well, mm-hmm. allow bacteria to grow, and then you suffer all these symptoms. What is striking is she's been doing this for years. So it was several years before that she said that this happened and she was then labeled as, as irritable bowel. That's what I see in clinic all the time. Literally all day long, people come and they're like, man, I was perfectly fine. I traveled somewhere and I came back. We're talking about veterans. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people that when they do a tour someplace else, they get sick. So like 20%, I know that Dr. Mark Pimentel, I still think he's doing the study, um, is doing a study on veterans that come back and the burden of irritable bowel syndrome, people get labeled, is actually something fixable. And that's how we developed Atrantil. So I'm reading this story and I'm like, oh, this poor woman just needs Atrantil. Yeah. Or Zyfaxin, depending on what type of uh, bacteria is in there. Hey, I, I'm just going to call an audible here. I think we're going to have to move your study to the to the next half hour so we have enough time. But that takes me to another topic. One of the places that actually carries our KBMD CBD had a question. And um, she, her name is Jacqueline up in Oklahoma. And she was asking me, what is the connection of why people may suffer insomnia? And I, I know that you and I have talked about it a couple of different mechanisms, but I also thought about another one. I want to run this by you. So... Whenever we have inflammation, what's the main marker? Histamine, right? So histamine, of course, is, is something that basically races. Whenever we have a cut, an abrasion, we have an, an insult, we're going to have histamine, right? Histamine, of course, is one of those that works on our wake center that keeps us awake. So if we have chronic inflammation, 
just like we were talking about a while ago, when you give someone Benadryl and they don't necessarily need it and you're blocking the histamine, they get tired. If you have chronic inflammation, you have this, you have a, a chemical messenger in your body that's circulating that your body is producing, being histamine, making you stay awake and alert because technically your body thinks that it's under distress and it needs to go and do something about it. So until you can basically control and slow down inflammation and get some level of handle on that, it would seem yet another natural reason why it would make sense to have a healthy endocannabinoid system to slow down the histamine response so that you don't have overinflammation. Oh, I, yeah, and I think it's 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 not just histamine. Remember, the histamine is being released by the mast cell, right? And that's part of a cascade of inflammatory markers. There's all kinds: TNF alpha, IL twelve, IL twenty three, all these things that we're learning more and more about. And last week was it or the week before we discussed how when you have leaky gut, you can have leaky brain. Your blood brain barrier actually becomes permeable to these inflammatory molecules. These inflammatory molecules can then reside in the hippocampus, which is your sleep center, and you don't sleep well, and then it becomes this horrible cycle, which many Americans are actually in. Stress is a good thing, acutely. Acutely, right. Because your body adapts to it. Chronic stress, no. Yeah, and that's really what we're talking about. We just talked about that gentleman who's at the VA, chronic pain, chronic inflammation, chronic stress. That's, that's the problem. Uh, stressors are not bad at all. I mean, you work out to grow muscle, you, you, you think hard and then you take a, you know, you rest and then your brain rearranges. But, uh, I like the histamine example only because for some people that are new to learning why inflammation may be tied to their insomnia, most people have at least either experienced or had a close one experience taking something like Benadryl or diphenhydramine mm -hmm. and they get sleepy and it's because you're blocking histamine. But it, Think of the inverse. You know, I've never thought about that. I, mean, I guess with your anesthesia training, you certainly are much more knowledgeable about the depths of, of sleep and the stages of sleep and things like that because you have to make sure that somebody doesn't run away when you're doing an eye block. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad luck. <laughs> um, it's so funny. You're, you're going down this route. This morning, um, when I was working out, I was listening to, I listened to a uh, podcast called The Health Hacker. Uh -huh. I can't remember his name. But he had his guest today was a MD called uh, Dale Bredesen. Okay. He wrote a book that's all about preventing Alzheimer's. So Alzheimer's and dementia is becoming one of the leading causes of burden on the U.S. and death and all this stuff. It, he showed something which is really interesting that typically in the U.S. we start becoming ill around 40. We start getting diagnosed with chronic illnesses. In the U.K. it's around 50. So... What he was saying is that we may be living long, but our sick time is longer. Oh, yeah. Which ultimately, the longer you're sick, so if you have chronic diabetes, if you have sleep issues, if you have all this stuff, you decrease BDNF, which yeah. is a um, substance that cleans up your brain. And what he's saying, it was it's a very interesting podcast because basically everything we're saying, you need to fix your gut, you need to sleep well. You need to protect your brain, all those things that we always talk about, because this is the burden that's going to happen if you don't do those things properly. And he was talking about doing a, a like this, cognoscopy. Instead really? of a colonoscopy, you do a cognoscopy. Periodically, you go in and you check different 
markers, insulin levels, hemoglobin, uh, A1C, and things like that. And he had a bunch of others. But I thought it was just an interesting term. And he compared it to colonoscopy. He's like, man, we don't think anything of going in and having you know, a colonoscopy because now it's normal for everybody. At one time, it wasn't. We should be doing cognoscopy and trying to alter the course. Well, Isn't that interesting? Well, it's a really cool idea, especially if you could tie it back to what the cause was, what causation was. I mean, that would be That's really exactly what he was sweet. talking about. Unfortunately, you have pain, I give you opioids. Let's go back to the root. Why do you have the pain? Oh, man, there's the music. Hey, that was uh, that's the first hour of Gut Check Project, episode 12 in the books. Like us and share on iTunes and on YouTube. We will be back in just a moment. This is the only 24-hour, take-anywhere platform dedicated to food and fun. We're Spoonie. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Rich Thomason. There are downed trees and power lines, homes and businesses damaged or destroyed after tornadoes raked parts of Missouri overnight. The state capital, Jefferson City, was hard hit. Austin Thompson lives there and says his apartment complex suffered heavy damage. Main shed's completely leveled down here. Roof on the main office is gone. Look over, there's one building that's basically one story now. Every building there is two story. This one building is one story now. Uh, my building, my room, every piece of sheetrock, every window's blown out. A tornado killed three people in Golden City, Missouri, and now flooding is a major concern. Severe thunderstorms moving across parts of Oklahoma, Missouri, and Kansas. John Walker Lind has been released from a federal prison in Indiana. The California man spent 17 years behind bars for providing support to the Taliban in Afghanistan. He was captured on a battlefield there in late 2001. There is a legislative standoff in Washington. President Trump says it will not end until House Democrats stop investigating him. Any hope that the president and congressional Democrats could work together on infrastructure has been shot down. And Mr. Trump says ongoing House investigations are to blame. You can't do it under these circumstances. He calls the investigations phony and is refusing to negotiate policy until they're over. And the president's also upset that the speaker has accused him of engaging in a cover-up. Greg Clugston, the White House. Lawmakers in New York have given final approval to a bill that would allow President Trump's state tax returns to be released to congressional committees that have so far been barred from getting the president's federal returns. Stocks sharply lower on Wall Street. The Dow down about 370 points, loss of more than 1%. The S&P is off 35 points. More on these stories at townhall.com. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-570-6630. 800-570-6630. That's 800-570-6630. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Have you done it? You you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror? <laughs> I'm I'm one of those people you don't want to see naked. I yeah, most of us. But I mean, you look and you're going, "What the I know. How did 
didn't I get to whatever? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Hey there, it's Doc Thompson and Brad Staggs to tell you about a different way mm-hmm. to shed those pounds. This is brand new tech. It's only been around for a couple of years or so. It was based on research from the University of California that said um, there's a molecule called OEA that's found naturally in your body. It produces it in the Mediterranean diet that when taken in concentrated amounts, it will actually make you feel fuller and boost your metabolism. I've lost about 10 pounds so far. It's amazing. It, it now, really is cool. A company said, we can take this to market and make this great product that'll help you. It's called RidUZone, R-I-D-U-Zone.com, R-I-D-U-Zone.com. It's Brad's work. To, it's worked mm-hmm. for Brad's work for me, countless other people. Go to RidUZone.com and try today. You're going to love it. RidUZone.com. Remember that, R-I-D-U-Zone.com. It looks like you're losing. I am. Are I'm, you losing weight? I am losing. I've lost about 10 pounds. How are you doing it? Funny name, but I've done it with RidUZone, R-I-D-U-Zone.com, and the stuff works. It's, you know, you get into all that, the molecule this and the found in that. All I can tell you is it, it's a, it makes you feel full and it keeps your mind off of wanting to overeat. And also boost your metabolism yeah, so you're it burning does. more. Yeah, it Try does. it today. It's going to work for you like it's worked for Brad and countless other people. RidUZone.com. R-I-D-U-Zone.com. All right. We are now into hour number two of Gut Check Project, episode number 12 with your host, Ken Brown. I'm Eric Rieger. Check your egos at the door because nothing's off the table. So we have a study that we promised we're going to get to, but I've got to remind everyone to like us on iTunes. Go to iTunes Gut Check Project. Just search for Gut Check Project. You'll find us there. Like us. Take a screenshot. Email us that you did it at gutcheckproject.com through Connect. And uh, once you do that, you'll be entered into the contest where you will receive Autron Teal and your preferred flavor of KBMD CBD. And uh, we actually call that the signature pack on the KBMD store. That's that offers, or uh, excuse me, it's like a hundred. That's more than a hundred dollar value. As I stumble over my words, easy for me to say. Goodness, yes, value over a hundred dollars. Uh, just go to gutcheckproject.com, hit us on connect, tell us that you that you've subscribed to uh, to Gut Check Project on iTunes, and you will be entered. So, also, if you want to just win, as Dr. Brown puts it. When no matter what, go to go to lovemytummy.com slash spoony and get yourself a discount on the world's only NSF certified over-the-counter solution for bloating and abdominal discomfort packed with polyphenols. Love, a lot of polyphenols in this box. Yeah, especially the one in your hand. It's a gigantic yeah. one. But uh, Autron Teal, developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist who happens to be sitting across the table from me, Autron Teal is NSF certified for sports. Or so if you're an athlete, and you need your daily polyphenols, go to lovemytummy.com slash spoonie and get your daily polyphenols to help with recovery and athletic performance. And uh, what was that uh, that doctor's name from uh, Exeter University? Uh, Bo- uh, Boatwell. Boatwell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's got some excellent information on how proanthocyanidins, which are the polyphenols inside of Autron Teal, actually benefit athletes when taken at 1,000 milligrams a day. So... You're the doctor. It's basically four capsules of Autron Teal per day, correct? Yeah. it's uh, So four capsules gives you the polyphenols, has the antioxidant component. I have a new article that we're going to talk about at some point um, where it actually looks, because there's some confusion about, I did talk to a PhD who's doing some research and said, oh, we no longer think polyphenols because of the 
pro-oxidant component to it, mm-hmm. meaning, oh, does it actually create a little bit of inflammation? As it turns out, a new article came out, and the polyphenols are a fasting mimetic molecule, meaning you get the same effect as fasting, which means you're going to have mitophagy, autophagy, cell renewal, because the sick cells go away. That's the pro-oxidative effect, but the antioxidative ones. So once again, it comes back. Mother Nature just seems to do it better, and it's really hard to take a concept in a Petri dish and reproduce it with humans. Yeah, definitely. So Atron Teal, get some at lovemytummy.com slash Spoonie. So Dr. Brown. (laughs) S-P-O-O-N-Y. Save. Everybody's a winner. Yes. So uh, Dr. Brown, you were going to uh, to address a, a PTSD article, and I don't want us to get cut short here, So, because we did in the last half hour. I'm going to go ahead and let you kind of steer it. Well, I was going to go there, but first I wanted to... Um, See, this is dangerous. This is where, I know, things, this I is know. where things get, get this choppy. Is, this is uh, you know, kind of interesting. I want to present a scenario. It got me thinking about how you saw that guy in San Antonio with all the keys, and he just walked up to the trash can, oh, pulled ham- it out. Hammerman. Hammerman, and you were trying to do a backstory for it. Like, why is he there? Why does he have the keys? Why did he go over and grab the hammer? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I do want to know those things. I want to tell you a story, and then I want you to tell me the backstory. Okay. Okay? All right. This is an NLP exercise. Ooh, some Robert Cialdini, uh, Michael Bernhoff stuff. Yes. All right. Neuro-linguistic programming. And what that is, certain words or certain sounds or certain memories will create emotions around this. Okay. Okay? All right, let's do it. I just want the backstory. I just want to know what's actually happened. Okay. You're sitting there, and out of nowhere, a woman runs up to another woman and slaps her. Mm-hmm. That's it. Tell me what happened. Tell me why. Tell me what's going on with that scenario. Well, I can't believe you don't remember, because the woman that was sitting there had basically commandeered the other woman's vehicle from Walmart and had parked it in the wrong spot, and it was towed away. And the woman who came in and did the slapping told her that. Hmm. I think you forget that you were on a boat in Africa. Oh, that slapping. Yeah. Yes. That slapping incident. Yeah. That was the woman who was supposed to have fed the lions. But because she didn't, the woman who came in and slapped, her family was bitten by a few lions. And uh, she was upset that since the one who was just sitting there didn't feed them. She basically allowed the lions to go hungry, and they went after humans. Wow. Yeah. So it's because somebody did not do their job properly, and that affected her, so she was slapping her out of revenge. Yeah, it was a sad day, but everybody was okay. But, you know, it was, it was very scary. Interesting. But nice boat ride, though. Thank you. I, I do remember that. So that, that is your take. If you ask a bunch of people that, mm-hmm. you'll get all different kinds of scenarios. Yours interesting with the with the not feeding the lion and the lion eats other people. That's kind of interesting, but yours is a story of basically it's a violence, right. right? What really happened is that you were on a boat in Africa. Mm-hmm. A mosquito landed on the woman's <sighs> cheek, and she went over and killed the mosquito because that is a malaria infested area. Yeah, she saved her life. It wasn't a violent act. She was actually protecting that woman. So there's two things to this. Number one, the neuro-linguistic programming, your prior history of anything like that filled in the gaps. Right. If you're in that area and you witnessed that, you would probably think, oh, the woman was saving the other woman's life. Sure. Because we can't have the mosquitoes passing malaria. 
Yeah, the way you told it, I, I immediately placed them into an adversarial role uh, between each other, no doubt. I was doing a NLP lecture, which is where this came up, and the guy actually opened the lecture with that. Oh, and just, hey, just for the listeners, I had no idea what he was going to tell me just then. Yeah, I'm coming at you just left field. We're just all over the map. That leads into something super, super cool. Okay. So today, a story came out um, about malaria. All right. And? For the first time ever, a vaccine has been developed. Okay. So it, we're sitting here and we're like, yeah, malaria, whatever. <laughs> malaria affects nearly half the world's population. Um, and a new vaccine may be able to actually stop this and save millions of lives. And malaria is one of the reasons why certain countries can't get out of economic crisis. Because it kills so many people. It kills so many kids. It's super scary. I didn't, I mean, once I, and I was thinking about it because the NLP story is uh -huh. exactly that, what the guy said in the lecture. Right. And then I read this article on malaria and I was like, oh, this fits perfect into your, yeah. into your Hammerman story. Um, malaria really is humanity's curse. We don't think about it in the U.S., but it kills so many people. In fact, when you look at the world's dangerous animals, like they always, like oh, on those yeah. shows, mosquitoes, mosquitoes always number one. Yeah. Mosquito rains. I mean, they kill more people because of malaria than every other thing that's out there. So I've read about volunteerism when people go to Africa and they, you can take, I, I think it's an anti-malarial pill. I don't know much yeah. about it, but I know that you basically stock up on it and then you take it and then you go. And then one of the most important pieces of equipment is the mosquito nets around where yeah. you sleep so that you don't get malaria. But it, it, before we get really deep in there, I've always wondered, I've, uh, I've taken care of a few young kiddos who've had sickle cell anemia here stateside, and it's usually not, not a good situation. And, um, but that being said, if sickle cell anemia, they think, was an adaptation or a mutation so that humans could survive that's an, exposure to malaria. That's an epigenetic thing where you're in an environment, your genes turn on. And so, but if, if you have sickle cell, I wondered, is the survival uh, from malaria, does, does that offset? Like, if, if those same kids were exposed to true malaria, would that, I mean, I've, I've, never, I've never quite figured out why the adaptation is so beneficial because in most cases, not every case, but in most cases, the lifespan is rather short. Do you know what is really cool is if, if you get an international infectious disease doctor uh -huh. and start asking questions like that, it's really wild, especially if they've got an epidemiology background as well. Right. So you've got an ID that deals with stuff like that, and then they can explain. That's a little bit out of the scope of my medical practice. Very interesting thought. Um, but it's fascinating because this, it, uh, I guess in Africa, a child dies every two minutes from malaria. No idea. 400,000 people a year. Now, let wow. me say this again. 400,000 people a year from malaria that's amazing i mean this is insane they believe that half of all deaths since the stone age can be attributed to malaria half since the stone age half yeah because it's just ubiquitous so finally glaxo smith klein with the support of bill and melinda gates foundation and others including the world health organization they uh, got together with the Global Vaccine Alliance. Mm -hmm. It took 32 years of research, cost more than $700 million, 
and they finally just released this vaccine or about ready to release this vaccine. Trials are showing it to be about 40% effective, about as effective as the influenza vaccine that we have, but still a massive step in the right direction. Absolutely incredible. And this just came out today. Um, Fascinating. This could, if you could get rid of malaria, this could change the economic scope of Africa. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's that deadly. It's that I mean, 400,000 a year. That's crazy. I, I never thought about it until I read this. Then I realized it took $700 million to develop this. Thank goodness for fantastic people, uh, you know, like, like Bill and Melinda Gates that put this together and whoever else is involved in their foundation. And, the way malaria works, basically, it's destroying red blood cells, right? Because, in fact, I just now remembered this. Um, a friend of mine, it, two friends of mine who shared a mom, they, uh, 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 John and, and Brian, their mom, when we were younger, had traveled out of the country, and she got malaria. Whoa. She came back, and she was, uh, she was yellow and had grayed, kind of grayed eyes on her, on her face. And it, she was sick for a while. But, it, but that, that's basically what happens. You become jaundiced, right? And uh, red blood cells become damaged. You're just hoping that you can finally produce some new ones to overcome it. I, it's a wild time for sure. Yeah. yeah, and she's you know she's strong enough to do that. But can you imagine a child that is very oh. young, infant, uh, nourishment's kind of hard to get. And oh yeah, but it's crazy. But it's, this is super exciting, and we have to think globally. We can't you know you can't just oh malaria doesn't affect me. I mean four hundred thousand people, you know globally, this is a huge interesting step in the right direction yeah man no joke and what a what a hit to their generations too as they try to take knowledge on and on and you just keep losing kids i mean it's just that'd be really really difficult so i just thought it was interesting with the nlp slap in the face now whenever you see a woman run up and slap another woman you're like good for her look she's at, killing a mosquito look at those friends <laughs> <laughs> she just saved her life everything on world star is just people being friends that's all it is that's that's the way it should be um, another, uh, Lil Wayne quote, somebody just sent me, I don't need it to be easy. I just want it to be worth it. Getting this vaccine was not easy. Hopefully it's worth it. Yeah. Well, that's where he's a little bit more straightforward in some of his other poetic, uh, I think it adventures depends how much scissor he's on while he's <laughs> writing lyrics. Yeah. How much lean he's on. <laughs> yeah. Lean. That's it. All right. I have to get to this article cause this is like the second week in a row. Bear with me. Let's do it. It's a little deep, but it's going to make a ton of sense here. So an article came out in the Journal of Chemical Neuroanatomy. The title is Emerging Evidence for the Antidepressant Effect of Cannabidiol and the Underlying Molecular Mechanism. Okay. So this is the first time an article has actually been done where they're looking at how possibly CBD can actually work in depression. So there's going to be a little background that I'll tell you about the actual study. Um, one of the problems that you know I run into, I'm a big fan of CBD, cannabidiol, where I'm trying to do research on it, is there's just too much information and there's not enough you know, uh, human trials. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's a lot of trials out there. You just have to know where to look. And a lot of people make claims. It's not a claim. When you can have something that shows what it does, then all you're doing is describing the mechanism. And that's what this is. So we're going to look at this. <clears throat> This is actually, uh, it's a joint collaboration with some Brazilian doctors and Denmark doctors. The, uh, the background, the World Health Organization estimates that depression affects 322 million people. There's a lifetime prevalence of 20% Golly. of depression. Yeah. It is the leading cause of disability worldwide and increases the risk of all-cause mortality and life expectancy. Um, it's been estimated that it costs 
around economic losses globally is $1 trillion every year in productivity due to depression and anxiety. Um, if we could figure out how to treat it, it would result in an economic gain of $230 billion annually. It's amazing. Why, why, what are we waiting on? Right? Interesting, huh? Here's the problem. There are treatments out there. Uh-huh. You know them. Right. You see commercials for them all the time. I do. It's the people that uh, they look really happy. And then they sit there and they're running through the field. And they're like, you know, Zoloxetine may cause depression, anxiety. Da, da, da. Talk to your doctor about this. Liver failures, rashes, you know, malaria, whatever. And they run through all those side effects. Well, the problem is, is that they're only about forty percent effective. These are known as the whole class is known as SSRIs. Mm-hmm. Significant side effects in some of these. I mean, side effects people don't like: weight gain, increased risk of suicide, a bunch of other things. It can take up to six weeks to work. So we do have treatment, but really it's not the best treatment and i think that we throw these drugs at people and that's kind of what we were talking about the last half hour if we could fix the underlying cause would we be able to not put band-aids on this kind of stuff ssris work by they're called uh, serotonin um, selective selective reuptake inhibitors ssris so basically you block your body's ability to reabsorb serotonin so you have more serotonin which is your happiness molecule Dopamine is your pleasure molecule. Serotonin, is, they're going to help you with that. So now let's link that to what actually causes depression. It has been shown that stress, including childhood stress, is a major factor predisposing people to depression. If you have a 20% chance of doing this, that could be that you went through some traumatic events that you have not quite resolved. It mm-hmm. can show up and that may be one of the causes. So for years, certain animal models have been looked at to actually look at some of this stuff. Um, one of the reasons why uh, these prescription meds do work on some people is that it does increase serotonin. And in original animal models, it showed that when you made them depressed or anxious and you gave them these SSRIs, they improved. Okay. So everything starts with animal studies. Remember that. Sure. So these drugs came from somewhere. So right. one of the things that they were able to show... And, is that your BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is the molecule that cleans out the brain, actually goes up a little bit when you do this as well. So, you're familiar with a drug called ketamine, right? You I use am. that? Yeah. So, ketamine... Not, well, let's be clear. Not recreationally. I, I have used it in the anesthesia setting. But, yeah. But uh, street, street, street known as, uh, as ketamine, K, special K, PCP, stuff like that. Yeah. So, it... The action is not totally understood, but here's what does happen. It does appear to work on multiple targets mm-hmm. in the brain, including the serotonin receptors, and it has been shown that one large dose can actually reverse depression and have a lasting effect, which is why I've got friends that are trying to open up ketamine clinics. Yeah, You go in, you're depressed, you get a big dose, and you walk out. I've got a friend that uh, works with a psychiatrist where they do the... Um, a convulsive shock therapy. Yeah, ECTs. ECTs, yeah. Yeah. yeah, where the anesthesiologist will put them to sleep and do that. So ketamine clinics are popping up because of this. Now, moving on, let's talk about why the article's looking at CBD. Okay. Cannabidiol, brand new. Everybody's starting to discover it. It's not new. Been here a long Guess time. When people have uh, Chinese medicine has mm-hmm. been using it since when? rough guess oh i don't know probably i would just go with the age of china four to five thousand years ago 2700 bc 
So not that little, far off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it's it's hilarious that it's been it's been used medicinally for basically the dawn of dawn of civilization. And, you know, the farm bill just passed. Now people are looking more at, at CBD. Okay, so a study in 2008 showed that CBD, much like ketamine, can work on different neuroreceptors, including oh, serotonin. Nice. This is the first time that this kind of stuff has ever actually been talked about. It has been shown in studies to help with psychosis, depression, and anxiety. Now, what's super unique about this article is that it goes deep into how... And the why is to how these different things happen. So it's the first time that they've actually looked at the molecular basis. So what they did show is that CBD actually blocks the degradation of our own endocannabinoid, anandamide. And we can get into that some other time. And sure. we're going to talk about that. But there's an enzyme. Uh, you know the enzyme. F-A-A-H. F-A-A-H. That blocks that. So we do know that CBD at least increases our own anandamide levels. Right. What these guys did is that they showed that CBD can directly bind to 5-HT1, otherwise known as your serotonin receptor. Mm -hmm. So the SSRIs prevent your body from reabsorbing it. CBD appears that it can actually just bind to it and create the response. And that way you're not depleting your, your serotonin stores. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of problem with that. That's, that's in part why they don't know where the where the danger zone is with SSRIs is because of what it's doing to serotonin production from the uh, from the neuron. Exactly, and it it got me thinking that you could even like if you know there's different drugs like ecstasy or Molly or whatever they call it that actually dumps all of your serotonin, right? Right. Yeah. And then then you're completely depleted, depleted. and people are super depressed the next day. They are worn out and thirsty. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really it's all of that stuff. You're exactly right. And it's and it, it's it's chemical warfare, honestly. So, moving on, tying this all together, I I'll bring it all together here shortly. So, these guys, these same guys that, that did that study in two thousand eight, showed in two thousand nine that by inducing stress in certain animals, they showed that their serotonin went down. They became depressed, and for the first time ever, they showed that anandamide levels decreased. Wow. We know that when you experience stress, your FAAH goes up. Right. As, and so that's how come chronic stress is a bad thing. So anandamide appears to be a stress coping molecule. Mm -hmm. What they were able to prove is that consistently administration of CBD increased serotonin and anandamide levels reversing in the depression in these animals. What is absolutely wild is the fact that it was also fast acting, which means we know that if it's going to bind to or prevent FAAH for you know getting rid of anandamide. Um, we always thought that that would take time. You'd have to build it up. You can actually bind fairly quickly to the serotonin receptors. They were showing within 20 minutes that once it's in the bloodstream and gets across the blood-brain barrier, it can actually do that. They are actually comparing it to ketamine really? and how it works in different areas. Yeah, super interesting. All right, so you know the argument that everybody will say is, well... That's animals. And so, yes, I tried to look for some human trials looking at this. I did find in 2018 that they looked at a study where 400 people were using CBD mm -hmm. for mood improvement, and 250 of those 400 felt that it worked very good. Only problem with that study is, like all things where they're looking at big cohorts like that, 
very tough to determine if any of them were actually using THC in addition with it because CBD up until just recently has been equally difficult to get. Sure. As you would with, you know, just getting standard marijuana. In fact, it's probably easier to get standard marijuana than hemp-derived CBD. But you said 250 out of 400, so that's roughly, what, 62, 63%? That's better than the 40% that you had mentioned earlier for the SSRI in the first place. Definitely. So this article does show that conceptually, CBD can act quick, hit more receptors than traditional drugs that actually have side effects. Oh, and they took a small segment of mice. Uh Uh-huh. Of the same group of mice that they induced depression on, and they gave them Prozac, one of the original SSRIs, it turns out that the serotonin exponentially went up. Wow. So an argument that has always been said is, what do we know what CBD is going to do when exposed to um, other medications that people are on? We do know that it affects the P450 enzyme, so that people have always said, well, you have to be careful, but a lot of things do. It's like eating grapefruit every day is going to affect that. Oh, so sure. they always talk yeah. about that. Yeah. So they actually gave them Prozac. As it turns out that the serotonin exponentially went up. It actually worked better together. So when you gave these mice and started them on Prozac and CBD, maybe that should be a protocol because it won't take four to six weeks to start working. Maybe we'll have a higher outcome. We can do that. So don't be surprised if the next drug will come out and it'll have some funny name on it. It'll be an SSRI and it'll say like everything else is now, now with CBD. Yeah. But what a cool takeaway. I mean, they don't offer it now, but you should feel pretty confident that if you're one of the many that suffer from depression, there's absolutely no shame in that whatsoever. A lot of people do, but maybe you could augment your, your improvement by taking CBD today. KBMD CBD just so happens that we, uh, we talk about it because we know a little bit about it. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. No claims. No claims. Just citing a study. Just citing a study. Really cool, though. Everything about this, and this is what we always try to do. We try to bridge the gap between you know, uh, traditional medicine and functional solutions. And I think this article kind of shows that. It's a pretty deep, sciencey article. I apologize if I lost some people on there, but I found it pretty interesting. Well, you got to get there somehow. And we've got one half hour left. A couple of funny little things to kind of look at. And well, maybe not quite as fun as we think, but we will see you here in just a moment. Gut Check Project, episode 12. Be back in about four minutes or two minutes. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. 800-296-1252. 800-296-1252. 800-296-1252. 
Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-452-1075. 800-452-1075. That's 800-452-1075. Okay, we're back for the last half hour of episode twelve. Gut check project today is gut check topic talk, and we've uh, we've had a lot of fun today. Just <laughs> topic talk. Yeah, man, we started off with Mike Hammer, and we just kept on going. <laughs> Mike Hammer with a lot of keys. Um, real quick, uh, lovemytummy.com slash spoonie. I've had two people email and say, "What is the code?" and um, Welcome to the show. I'm glad that you began to listen, <laughs> but we say it every week. So lovemytummy.com slash Spoonie. Go there to save money on Autron Teal. Hey, uh, can Your I- tummy relief. It's what we do. Yeah, it is right what we there. do. Yeah. So uh, can I got, I have a small confession. So kbmdhealth.com is where you are launching basically to expand beyond the clinic. And you have been, and I've, as long as I've known you, you've been- working to basically build the bridge between natural and medical science. And you kind of hinted at it in the last half hour. That is basically where you want to put the best and most applicable beneficial information from what medicine can do and natural approaches so that you don't have to stay stuck. We want to get to the cause and see what we can do to help. Well, at kbmdhealth.com, we have a store. And on that store, we offer KBMD CBD. And we, of course, we offer Autron Teal. We'll add other things as they're appropriate. We have success with them in the clinic. We had a funny issue that happened with our credit card processor. And oh, you thought could, it was funny, huh? Well, I don't think it's funny <laughs> at all, but it is, it's interesting. And the ever-changing world of CBD and the economics around it have made our processor that we've been using somewhat limited because the underwriting bank is kind of changing some rules on there. So we've had... I mean, it's it's over a hundred people who've had to get transactions, and we've had to manually punch in the card because they're using credit and debit card combos for whatever reason. And our processor doesn't know why the bank did it; they had to stop doing it. But all of that to say this: your mom was one of those. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going. Yeah, with that. yeah. Your, your mom was one of those, <laughs> and she was really, really cool. She's she's funny. And I emailed her and I said, "Hey, look, we can take care of this." Just I'll enter it manually. We'll get it out to you. And then she communicated to you that I still haven't received a product, but I don't see a charge. And I visited with your mom again last night. And what is interesting, I didn't do anything different. And then out of nowhere today, she said, good morning, Eric. My credit card paid today for the order from, from a few days ago. I went to a specialty store. I notified Ken. I hope to get to oil soon. But this is what I like the most. Eric, you're getting better. (laughs) (laughs) 
You're getting better day. at processing the credit cards. I'm getting, I'm getting better. You're getting better, and that lets me know something that I've, I've heard a few times along the way. Uh, and for all of you that do uh, keep up with with Gut Check and KBMD Health and and visit with Autron Teal, etc., thank you for for keeping up with us. More often than not, as we try to build the store, I get a lot of comments like, "Hey, that looks really good for an anesthesia provider." <laughs> So basically, as we try to build the store, just please be patient. We are working really hard to get uh, some some better experts in there to help us uh, elevate it. But just know that we put on fraud protection, so we don't have any fraud. We just don't have we just don't have transactions at all. Sometimes, <laughs> I think that um, both you and I and everybody that jumped on board with Altron Teal and even my group right now launching this health box, I think that it's. Living in your comfort zone, you don't really grow. You have to be willing to fail a little bit, and you have to be willing to walk out there and learn and pivot and keep getting better and pivot, get better, until eventually you're really good at what you do, so including this show. (laughs) Yeah, definitely this show. Well, hey, uh, I had a topic that I ran across just yesterday. There's an article written by uh, an author by the name of Evan Horowitz, and he basically started off the first line. Let's read this to you. People are getting dumber, and that's not a judgment. It's a global fact. And this is where he goes next. In a host of leading nations. So he's talking about developed countries, not developing countries. Yeah. In a host of leading nations, IQ scores have started to decline. So let me say that again. Countries that have Wait, everything. Developed? Developed. Developing? De- developed. Have are considered to be the the global leaders of 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 our world. The IQ, the the intelligence quotient, is now apparently in a decline, and it's detectable. So there's lots of different things they begin to go through in here, which is why. And I'm kind of curious before we touch on them or what they may reference. What do you think? What do you think some of the reasons may be? Where why why would a developed country that has everything they could possibly want, other countries that are battling malaria aspire to be more like these countries that are leading the world, why would the IQ begin to go down? At least recently. Well, I'm you know, I go with the standard here. I mean, diet, distraction, meaning people on their phone. Remember that if you're looking at your phone when you're going to bed, your brain is not ready to sleep. You've just woken your brain back up. You need to be off looking at blue light, um, you know, having that the, the night screen from like six o'clock on so that you can get some sleep. I think that we are in we are in a situation where we're inundated. We're making ourselves stressed. We're doing all these things that lead to the same thing. We always say chronic inflammation. What does chronic inflammation do? Chronic inflammation increases cortisol, increases insulin resistance, ultimately affects the brain. So I think that it's a combination of all of that. I couldn't agree more. I do, I do believe that. Those environmental factors from the food, from uh, well, the noise. We had a st- I can't remember exactly when I was talking about it. It had to do whenever we had the, uh, the flight issue and we had to make the, uh, the landing in Des Moines. But we talked about how engine noise basically changes the way you perceive the taste of food and foods that are more nutritious for you can actually not taste as good. So you don't find them nearly as savory or tasty. And you just don't eat them. 
So you end up uh, turning towards uh, towards salty foods. Right? That was yeah, that was the airplane one that you actually brought that article in a few yeah. few episodes ago. Yeah. So what if just outside of the studio is a loud highway, and you and I were trying to talk to each other, just getting out of the car, and you can't do it till you walk through the door. If you live in an urban environment, and the more the population increases, that's going to happen. And if you're in a developed country, highways just like this are somewhat normal in certain areas. So that would that would at least play a part. I There's, mean, you know, Matthew Walker is a sleep expert, and he just came out with his book. Oh yeah, he addresses this, where he says it has not been proven yet, but if you live in a very dense urban area, which he described, if you look at it, could be low socioeconomic. Uh-huh. But the reality is, it doesn't have to be low socioeconomic at all. It can just be anywhere where you're, it's a densely populated. That noise level, he he's his research is now converting that that you're not getting into the deep sleep right into certain stages, which then allows the beta amyloid to increase, which then can lead to Alzheimer's and all that. So. Yeah, everything you're saying about this sounds like we're doing it to ourselves almost. Well, some people try to attribute it, and I, I like the way they, they kind of debunked this. Some people try to say that developed countries may have IQ going down because of immigration. Maybe people are moving into a, a another country from, from a lesser country or from a developing country, and then they're part of the aggregate or the average and they're bringing it down. But, th- but a uh, 2018 study from Norway essentially showed that that's not true at all because the intelligence quotient begins to go down even in high IQ parents and then their, their kids. And some of the things that they said were environmental factors or a collection of factors, but one of them, and whenever earlier you said acute stress, is something and you know, I, I threw out uh, thought exercises are also something that are that are necessary. You have to have something stimulating in your life for you to have an appreciation and of course for your cognition to keep increasing. Right? You have to have something that ties in and basically gives you a brain exercise. Go ahead. So no, I was just going to say that. Okay, so this was that was off a study where where they're saying that you continually have to work your brain is what they're saying. If you if you don't. I mean, you have all those luminosity and you got those apps that are trying to get yeah. people to do stuff like that, tell yeah. people to do Sudoku and whatever, anything. You know, they have shown that if you continue to, you know, learn, try and learn a language or do something, that probably increases the neuroplasticity. When you stop and think, I was on the way over here, I was listening to NPR and they were discussing genius and they were, um, they had a, a guy that was discussing uh, uh, Mozart. And okay. saying, okay, well, he's a genius. You know, maybe he genetically he was born with four aces, you know, right off the bat. And but when they looked at his work, it wasn't like a lightning bolt that all of a sudden he's writing a symphony. He goes, it is the connection of these neurons that collectively can become a bigger idea. Yes. But as you continue to do that, you need to work your brain so that these little highways find new ways to get around and do that. When you have dementia let's say alzheimer's dementia and you have these plaques it just blocks them and it blocks them a lot in the hippocampus so that it affects your sleep what happens when your sleep gets messed up you produce more of these plaques so keeping your brain moving with all that that's interesting now we just don't know which ones 
I mean, I don't think, it, I don't know. Does your study talk about what works no, best? No, no, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's kind of superficial, but I like the way they kind of paint the picture in here because they talk about one leading explanation is the rise of lower skill service jobs that don't inquire much intellectual demand. In essence, the happiest, okay, let me kind of back up. We've talked about as we as we try to build KBMD, what ends up happening, even over at Autron Teal, what happens to keep uh, employees or future employees happy? You want them to have some type of of uh, uh, bond with the emotional success of the company. And DHAT is going to do this with their employees as well as they do the, the health box, right? Mm-hmm. So you give them some incentive to be a part of it, and then people begin to use critical skill to do or carry out the job, right? But if you relegate someone to a, I need you to just be here from nine to five or whatever else it is, that begins to kind of just be, it's just something that they're checking into. They're not really doing anything. They have no ownership over the development of it. And it begins to kind of weave into where is, where is AI a smart idea? And where is it taking away so much of our quote unquote responsibility that it's making us not happy because there's no achievement. And then, and we can, we can go down any of these avenues, but another thing to think about, and I'm guilty of this as well. Once I got a smartphone, I don't really have to go back and find an encyclopedia or move to the reference that the encyclopedia used to do that. I simply kind of outsource some of my memory and some of the intelligence that I was trying to compound before. And I sometimes don't even question. I'm like, I don't know. Let me look. And you Google. Well, doing that is you, you've kind of outsourced it. And so your brain's efficient. It just knows that that's what you're going to do. So the carrying around. Somebody wrote an article about this with the maps. Oh, yeah. Basically, um, we, let, we let Waze or we let Google Maps drive us wherever we need to go. Yeah. Take, take a left up here. We're not using any critical thought. No. And before, that was a critical thought where you had to remember where to go. You had to connect different things, which is why travel is something that actually still stimulates your brain when you're trying to find that. When you have that, you just go, oh, I'm sure we're getting smarter in other ways. Like, like right now, when you said that um, it's real important for employees to not have a mundane job. Sure. I, you know, I want to make sure that Diana, Nizreen, Hadil, and Megan, you are very appreciated. Yes. Thank you very much. My patients love you. Thank you for holding down the fort while we're over here. And for all the, the technicians show. at uh, Preston Crossing who bust it every day, all of the nurses there. I mean, thank you. Absolutely. Stacia, Jenny, it's, Jordan. And it's, uh, you know, I think that like like all of us do, we all get really busy and we all have the agenda. But, um, you know, the ultimate agenda is we're all here to serve people and help other people. So sometimes that gets forgotten, but that is the purpose. So I hope that you are not having a mundane, boring day to all the employees at Preston Crossing and at my office at DHAT. Yeah, and, and at the office at, at, at KBS as well. It, but it, it does. I mean, I think that what the actionable item that I see you could do here, if you're a parent, just be sure that your kids take a little time away from their phone if they have one. Don't, there's, you know, when we were younger, your parents always said, don't, don't sit in front of the TV all day. And of course, it's just because you're just, you're just absorbing whatever they're putting out. There's not a whole lot of thought in, in enjoying television. There's nothing wrong with being stimulated a little bit, but can't do that all day. And 
and just engaging in an exercise, if you want to make certain that somebody is starting to develop enjoyment and, and find a quality of life that they're, they're happy and that their IQ is on the rise, you have to engage in activities that are going to force you to think. And in some elements to force you to think and move, you can't move without thinking. So all that stuff I think is, is, is rather uh, important to make sure that when we talk about CBD, we talk about eating correctly. You, there's, it's not one thing fixes all. You have to think back to how your body wants to operate. And you've got to engage in activity that's going to force you to do that. So this Matthew Walker that I brought up, uh-huh. he referenced a study where they, they took mice and they put these um, electrodes on their, on their brain. Or actually, I think that they may even have actually had them like surgically implanted. Uh-huh. And they could show that when there was an electrical impulse in the brain, it made a sound. And it would be like, doo, doo, doo. okay, doo, doo, doo. and they could have different, different sound levels. And what they did is they let these mice rats, I think they were, uh, learn a maze. And then when they were done doing that, they, something very shocking happened. Uh, you know, he's a sleep expert. And so they were trying to study the effect of sleep and memory and things like that. When the mice went into REM sleep, mm-hmm. um, that increased about a hundredfold. It was like, Wow. So basically what they learned was being imprinted into memory while they slept. So all their, their day's experiences were now being their cataloged. Day's experiences were now being cataloged. And so he talks wow. about how you need deep sleep to let the body recover. You need REM sleep to let the brain recover. You need both of them. One becomes a short-term memory. One becomes a long-term memory. You need the, you need the mix. There's no easy way to do it's super complex, but that was fascinating because if you're not doing that, when you go to sleep, the, you know, if you learn something, you have to go to sleep, staying up all night, trying to study or uh, studying and then looking at your phone and filling your brain full of other information. Right. You're going to defeat that purpose. Also, the last thing you get done, let your brain soak it up, put it into, put it into the hard drive. It's, that is super interesting, especially when you said looking at your phone. Because what is it that that's taking away from you? So you've got, everyone's heard about the complaints of social media, and it's not the worst thing ever. I mean, obviously, we, we use it to help spread the word on a, on a bunch of different levels. But it's like anything. You have to responsibly utilize social media. If you're doing it every day, you find yourself in the middle of the night that that's, that that's what you're, you're clinging to. You're, you're essentially looking for a dopaminergic response or something that's going to give you pleasure right and it does say yeah yeah i'm gonna do a selfie okay (laughs) and okay you're you're leading into uh something else i'm gonna surprise you with a little bit it's about selfies (laughs) but um, at the at the very beginning of the show you mentioned i was wondering where you're going so here's what's kind of funny you and i basically came in with our own agenda we didn't tell each other what we were gonna do no so I heard you say selfie, and I'm like, where is he going to bring up selfie? It's got to be this. I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's really interesting because so if you're going to take on a task, it requires an element of focus. There, a, uh, a, a study that uh, was released about the dangers of selfies got me thinking because it said that there's been over 250 selfie deaths since 2011. So 
It's like documented selfie deaths. Like that's documented the cause selfie of deaths. death. I mean, w- Wikipedia itself has a has a list of them. You can look up all kinds. They have everything from people who were just hurt, you know, hurt badly, and to those who unfortunately were killed. And there's a bunch. I mean, it's it's everything from standing next to a cliff. There's a uh, I think she was, I think she was Chinese. There was a poor woman who was uh, known for climbing these 10,000 foot peaks and she, she slipped and she fell, you know I mean? It's just, and it's, it's putting yourself in a precarious position while you're doing this. Well, they're breaking down the science of why you're doing it though. Why, what puts it there? And uh, a lot of it was based on your brain can only truly focus on main task and then everything else is subtask and then other things have to be ignored for the execution of the main task and it's weird when you put so much of it in a small electronic component this is your focus that in terms you basically lose the contact with everything around you which is why at dinner we don't allow our phones to come out at all for any reason we're going to engage as a family when we go on vacation it's almost completely no cell phones because we're there to enjoy our time together. That's awesome. There's, yeah. there's just no reason to have them. A couple of photos. Sure. Put them away because I love my family. I want to see them and I don't need to do it in a, in a memory through, through here. But the, the weird thing that happened whenever I was reading that is just what people were, were willing to do. They would see or evaluate those who survived some hard falls and see and evaluate what they, what they just fallen from or what they, how they were injured yeah, and they recognized the danger before they did it, but then began to think of the, the joy they would get from people liking their photo mm. and they wanted to amaze the virtual audience. And then suddenly you look at the danger they went through. They just completely begin to ignore the danger that was around them. Just- That's the, so this, this gets back into the, um, the whole concept of dopamine and serotonin. Uh, uh-huh. Serotonin and dopamine usually counterbalance each other. So it's really hard to keep your serotonin perpetually up when you get a big spike in dopamine. Right. So that's the rock star phenomenon. So, you know, sex, gambling, drugs, alcohol, and now they're showing that the social media likes actually give you little spikes of dopamine. Right. So these people, you know, are out there and they're like, they're willing to risk their life. They don't realize that they're risking their life. They're, they're chasing that dopamine spike. Oh, when you said don't realize, sorry, uh, you're exactly right. They are chasing the dopamine spike. And some of those seeking that same dopamine spike, the numbers that aren't included here are the people who have unfortunately died while doing selfies while driving. They don't count those because those are officially uh, vehicular fatalities. So those get counted in a different, it's distracted driving, but there's it's well more than 250 since 2011 when you take into account that there's some other things or other activities that don't get to be classified as that because it's more of a hazard in the column or the or the category that they gave it but that brings me to some crazy stats i'm kind of curious if you can figure this out so okay. top 4 countries top 4 countries to experience selfie deaths since 2011 who do you think they are russia Wow, yes, number two. Is it really? Yeah. The only reason why I say that is because I see some crazy YouTube footage. <laughs> <laughs> my, my kids will go, look at this. And they are like, holy cow. Ken has discovered Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going on here. That's exactly what's going on, yeah. Um, okay, so Russia, I'm going to go with, well, the U.S. has got to be up there. Number three. Number three. Oh, really? Yeah. Not number one? Not number one. Come on, Trump. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Hashtag sad. <laughs> 
<laughs> make us number one. Yeah, no joke. Um, let me think about this for a minute. Hold on. I'm going to go with Brazil. No, and in fact, I think they are in the top 10, but it wasn't what was highlighted as the top four. They didn't give a ranking. They just, uh, it was an honorable. Last guess is going to be France. No. What is it? It is number one, India. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess just by population. Population. I probably should have gone. I probably should have used. <gasps> My IQ is going down. Yeah. I know. You outsource too much. <laughs> I was going to Google it, and I didn't even think about populated places. I was trying to think about where people would um, consider themselves. Uh, I don't know. I was trying to think of beauty places and places where people would want to take more pictures. I don't know. I, I'm not much of a self, but it kind of makes sense though, because that region is, has really in the last 15, maybe even 25 years, really kind of glommed onto a lot of technology bases. I mean, we have lots of, uh, it is, is farmed out over to India and that region. So think of that region. What do you think number four is? It's gotta be China. Then I thought it would be China. Also, it's actually Pakistan. Oh, okay. But China and Brazil are also in the top 10. And it makes sense. I mean, it's just purely iPhone or, or smartphone usage and selfies, et cetera. But if you go to Japan, there's they, they, they had pictures in there also of different examples of how people have tried to stave off some of the selfie deaths. Oh, it's illegal in subways in, um, uh, in Japan or most of them to have uh, selfie sticks or to be using a selfie stick at the same time because people would lean up close to where the train was coming oh, and were sucked away either by, you know, the passage of the train or something else like that. But it, yeah, so selfie sticks are illegal there. And of course it's some, uh, some, uh, nature areas. There's people who've fallen off of the, uh, the, uh, certain rims of the grand Canyon. One, one gentleman was actually killed in, um, uh, in the UK holding his selfie stick up in a storm and, Lightning struck. Oh, lightning struck the selfie stick. Straight to the selfie Golly. stick. It's crazy, right? But just think of what happens when your pleasure center is coming basically from an electronic device. It's all you could almost see that it's not all already their fault to some degree because look, when if why, you, you if know, you look at these studies and I tell you that that there that it has been shown that you get this dopamine spike. Yeah. Essentially, what you're doing is you're giving your, let's say, 12, 13, 14-year-old keys to the liquor cabinet to say, this is how you're going to start coping now. Yeah. Because what that ends up being is a, it's it becomes a natural trigger. What were we talking about? Um, we were talking about addiction and stuff, and we were talking about, um, who was it? Um, about how rats, a rat will actually... If you give it cocaine, it'll die because it'll choose not to eat ever. Right. Because of the dopamine response right there. You know, when you just get that that hit, that norepinephrine also in, in that case. So it's these are chemical things that are actually going on. And, you know, when people they go through withdrawal, like when you try and say it's just like sugar does a little bit of it also. And people have high sugar diets and you get them off. People can have these symptoms of depression, anxiety, withdrawal. Because remember what I said if your dopamine is constantly going up like this, your serotonin will just slowly come down. And serotonin is what makes you bounce. happy. Yeah, Dopamine is pleasure, which is cool to have pleasure and let it bounce up and down. But when you're constantly triggering that, that's when, that's when you end up with these issues. So it's almost like if you're really doing that and... You know, you could you could set yourself up for depression. Yeah, that's the sad thing that happens too with with people who battle the uh, the overeating. Um, 
Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Trisha. Trisha. Trisha Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. yeah. When she talks. Heal Your Hunger is her book. Yeah. And she, she talks specifically about how, unfortunately, those folks who get into overeating, a lot of the times it's a dopaminergic response because they're, they're eating because that's, that's where the pleasure is coming from. And, it, and it, it's a vicious cycle. It's no different with selfie. In other words, this is just yet one more thing to be sure that you're well-rounded, that you're getting exposed to a lots of different avenues that they can. Did they give any advice on how to improve your life in that article? Or was that just more of a, hey, look, how many people? No, it wasn't necessarily just about how many people did this, that, or the other, but it was stories about how they got there and then what the kind of what the fallout was. It wasn't necessarily, I mean, it's really just be careful while you're taking selfies. I mean, that's that's ultimately the first thing. You don't want to die taking a selfie, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's it, it's just it's just a crazy compilation of stories because it's almost not believable until you read the stories. Like, oh my gosh, that happened, and and um, it's really easy to, to dismiss it and say, well, they were just taking a selfie. But think about it. This isn't something that people were dying from before, and it's not like an epidemic. But I mean, it's it's different. Well, we were, you know, we always or we have referenced a couple times that free solo movie. Yeah, and then they did that uh, MRI on him, and they showed that his amygdala right is actually smaller or didn't have much activity there. So for him to get any feeling, it he basically has to climb, you know, this giant mountain with with no thing with a uh, with no safety equipment on. That um, you start doing that, it's going to require a little bit more each time to do to get that dopaminergic response. So, so you know, you get ten likes, you're going to need hundred likes next time. Use a smartphone, take a break. I can't believe it. We're down to twenty seconds. This that was episode twelve. That was gut check uh, topic talk, and we'll have topic more of talk. these. We this covered was, a lot on on this one. It was <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> KBMDHealth.com. Love my tummy slash Spoonie. Don't forget to like Gut Check Project on iTunes and YouTube. Shoot us an email at gutcheckproject.com. Ken? That was awesome. All right, buddy. Later. All right. This is the only 24-hour, take-anywhere platform dedicated to food and fun. We're Spoonie. When you drive with Uber, what moves you moves us. That's why we help drivers keep moving with support in-app, in a local green light hub, or by phone 24-7 to help them do what matters most to them in life. What moves me? It's my daughter. She loves boxing. So I want to help her to do everything she needs to be great. Uber. What moves you moves us. Get started with support when you sign up to drive with us at uber.com slash drive. Experiences driving with Uber may vary. Get fast in-home Wi-Fi that you can control with Xfinity XFi. See who's online, pause your Wi-Fi, or even set a curfew for the kids. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today to learn more. Restrictions apply.